All right, hi, my name is Layla Gentil, and... I am Marcus Rosati. And this is Passport Necessary. Um, this is a podcast that is going to be going into uh, what it means to be a TCK right now, um, and, you know, how we've grown up and how that's affected the way we are now as adults. Marcus, what is a TCK? Well, TCK stands for third culture kid. It's essentially someone who's grown up in a country or society that is outside of the society that their parents grew up in or come from, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So you could be a TCK pretty much anywhere these days. I mean, I grew up in Japan. Uh, Parents are both from the UK. So I was moved out there when I was a month old, I think it was. At least that's what my... Uh, alien registration card says um, so spent 18 years there uh, both my parents I suppose could be kind of characterised as third culture kids as well uh, my dad grew up in France my mum grew up in Iran they both lived in the UK, met in the UK and then decided that they could take jobs in Japan so we ended up out there that's awesome, that's so cool um, I am a third culture kid, both of my parents are very much from their own cultures I automatically would have been a TCK just from the fact that my father is French and my mother is an American. Um, But then my parents decided to take it a step further. Um, (laughs) I was born in Louisiana and then uh, my mom joined a, uh, you know, worked for the State Department and so because of that we had to travel a lot. I've lived in South Korea, Guatemala, Japan, France. Um, I did two summers in Algeria while I was in college, um, but I did my final schooling, college schooling, um, here in the United States, and I've been living here since then, so, um, but because I grew up most of my life outside of the U.S., I would definitely consider myself as a TCK. That's good. It's one of those things, though, isn't it, being like, you're having such a a broader background with two parents from different places or at least parents who have grown up in different places it does do sometimes wonder whether it does have an effect on the choices that people make later on in their own lives in terms of being mm. mobile in a sense wanting to go and see things and do stuff and being a bit more adventurous maybe in a certain sense oh yeah I definitely think that was part of it because I mean my dad loved to travel even as a young man like he always he tells stories about going to different countries like I think at one point he went to Brazil Mm -hmm. like I remember him telling me that so like I know that for them traveling was already something that they were interested in doing from the get-go so when they my mom got that job it was like oh well you're going to be traveling that's part of it and they were like cool (laughs) let's just do it so and I think for my parents another big part of it was you know both of my parents are teachers that's their 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 professions that they started off with um and so they knew that if they stayed in Louisiana that my brother and I were not going to get the education that they wanted us to get um because both fortunately and unfortunately international schooling is like probably some of the best that you can get yeah like especially within the united states so uh my parents really wanted us to have a good education outside of having to go to private schools so that was one of the benefits 
of traveling the way we did. We got very lucky and we went to a lot of really good schools, um, which I realized very quickly when I came back to the States uh, for my university degree. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> We're at a different um, place educationally, but it, it's, it's not a, it's not, it's more of a knock on how the education system in the United States is really a disservice to a lot of students and not on the students themselves. Yeah. Um, but that will definitely be a topic for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to get into um, some frequently asked questions yeah. that we get, especially being third culture kids. Um, the biggest one is where are you from? I know that yeah. you get this one yeah. a lot. Well, because in my job, I sort of like work in customer facing stuff, so I see a lot of people and they pick up on my accent. So, because my parents were from different ends of the UK, so my mother's from the north and my dad's from the south. So, you get there are differences in accent. It's a bit difficult to go into it if you're not familiar with it. Uh, but there are certain ways of pronouncing A's and things like that that people will pick up on. So people from the north thinking from the south, and people from the south thinking from the north. So people frequently ask, where are you from? And it becomes mm -hmm. a bit difficult because you're kind of going, well, you know, there's, depending on the day, depending on how much time you've got, you'll either go into a full explanation of where you've lived, what you've done, all that sort of stuff. Or if it's a busy day, it's just like, oh, I've lived everywhere. That mm -hmm. seems to sort of do it for most people. I've moved around a lot. I, I don't I want to get into it. I haven't got the time at the moment. There's a queue. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's funny because people do people get curious because they can hear, particularly in the UK. I mean, I suppose it happens in America as well. But like, they pick up on accents, and mm -hmm. there is a clear difference between northern and southern accents. And I have sort of a mixture of the two. Yeah. Some words that sound different. Yeah, I kind of have something similar, um, definitely more when I speak French than when I speak English. Um, when I speak French, I have a lingering American accent. Um, just there are certain words that I speak and I, it has a little bit of a linger. Also the fact that I sometimes use the wrong uh, le and la, like yeah, masculinizing yeah. and feminizing certain words, I get them mixed up and French people notice that immediately. They're like, oh, where are you from? <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn it, <laughs> I thought I was doing so good. Um, but I, um, I definitely, I do get that sometimes in the States, um, just because I use certain terms that are considered very Southern, like saying y'all, I say that uh, all the time. Right. I call a lot of people hun or honey, like, and all everyone right. is ma'am or sir to me, just because that's like a very Southern thing. You start, like you, you don't call people it's just a, a weird like way of like mm -hmm. talking to people you just everyone's ma'am or sir it's just automatic um and i know especially when i was working my customer server jobs people would be like oh wait you said y'all you're like where are you from and i'm like i'm from louisiana I'm like wow you really don't have an accent I'm like yep <laughs> <laughs> on a busy day that was my only answer because i was like i'm just too busy but um yeah, like actually uh, quite a few of the people on my Louisiana side of the family don't have a very strong Louisiana accent mm. um, for multiple different reasons. But yeah, it's definitely something I've gotten. And it's especially when I bring up the fact that I speak another language that always yeah. gets a, a, a reaction to it. People are always like, oh, 
so you're not from the U.S. And it's like, I, I was born here. I just didn't live here most of my life. Yeah. But I am, I am technically American. I got that passport, bro. <laughs> That's what America's all about. Yeah, got that passport. It's all good. Um, so do you feel more blank or blank is another uh, common yeah. question. I definitely get this. I don't know if you get it as much because I am binational. I have both American and French citizenship. I get that question a lot. Mm. Do you get something similar? Not so much. I think because I don't naturally have the sort of like the binational thing and most of the time, because my accent's not really been heavily affected, uh, people, unless I tell them that I grew up abroad, then they're not going to be, they're not going to notice necessarily. They'll be kind of like, oh, which part of the UK are you from? But particularly when you start saying that you grew up in Japan, they, they tend to ask, it's like, more, do you miss it? That mm-hmm. tends to be more how they ask it. Um, I don't know, it's, it's funny because like how you feel about being in a country, I mean, it's, it's quite a big deal because I certainly don't, I don't feel English, mm-hmm. but I don't mind saying that I'm British. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a kind of a difference in terms of the politics, but I think, you know, you, but then, you know, I don't feel entirely British either because there are things that people will say and they kind of go, it's just like, oh yeah, but you know, do you remember this from our childhood? No. <laughs> Why not? Oh my I wasn't gosh, here. that happens. That happens so often. That happens so often. Yeah, it's, 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 you, there are cultural cues that you miss sometimes, or references that you don't understand because you just weren't there for them. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you do kind of like you don't feel excluded, but you do feel slightly alien. If that's mm-hmm. a way of putting it, you're on the outside. Yeah, always. It's always going to be an element of outsidership. That's mm. part of being a TCK. I think. Um, I think for me do I it's hard question to answer do I feel more for Mm. me American or French because I live I've lived in the U.S. more than I've lived in France and I'm much closer to my American roots than I am to my French roots Mm -hmm. um I mean I still feel very much French in certain ways that I approach food or I approach just like certain like elements of like prudishness or mm. um, certain ways of discussing things, I know that that tends to lean more French. Um, but I mean, I I also know that I'm I'm quite American. I've been fairly Americanized. I spent most of my schooling in American school systems, so that yeah. in that sense, I am very American. But um, I can't really choose one or the other because to me yeah. it's like a mixed identity. They're, they've kind of melded into this one thing that if I didn't have one, I could not be the other. Like I don't yeah. fit in perfectly yeah. in the States. I don't fit in perfectly in France. I don't think I would fit perfectly anywhere because this mix of culture is too ingrained in me. Yeah, and it's a funny thing because there are some things that I see particularly because I was in American schools, so essentially they were in international schools, but they had an American curriculum. Uh, there were a lot mm-hmm. of American people there. And I sometimes, you know, there are some things I look at British people doing is, is that uh, the Americans wouldn't do it like that. Just come on, let's mm-hmm. just let's just have some more, you know, let's have a bit more oomph, please. <laughs> Can we, you know, a bit more ca- like can-do attitude, a bit more kind of, you know, mm-hmm. exuberance. I think I think there is a kind of an exuberance in American culture. I, there are some times when I look at British people, and I just, I think, I just, you, you kind of go, I feel more American than you do, you know, it's like, because, you know, 
British people yeah. sort of well, like like kind of like slagging off Americans sometimes. It's kind of like the joking, but the thing is, is that you do kind mm-hmm. of feel a bit like, yeah. But I think I think part of the problem is is that you you don't quite get it. Like it's mm-hmm. not that they're being rude or brash or anything like that. It's just the way that the culture works. There is that kind it's of the much way more we are. It's, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very. It's definitely very that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's very interesting and it, it's always been a question that I, I struggle with a lot and I think I've just come to a point where it's like I don't feel more one or another mm. they're just both part of who I am yeah I think it's a good point it's not to say that the people are being mean to you or anything like that it's just they're curious but it's just one mm-hmm. of those funny ones it's like there are questions that people ask you that sort of it's kind of weird. We might it might come up a couple of times in this in this particular episode, but like, there are <laughs> questions you can't answer in, in a way that would make sense to anybody else. That's the kind of thing. Mm-hmm. the interesting thing. It's like, and it's a funny discussion because you you kind of have a reflexive thing of looking at yourself a bit more and questioning as oh how well, yeah I hadn't thought of that question before because you wouldn't think to ask it of yourself. When somebody asks it of you, you kind of go, oh, hadn't thought about that. Yeah, we kind of take it for granted. There's certain things that like you're so used to it from the way you grew up that you're just kind of like that's just how it is and for anyone else it would be like that's weird yeah and it takes someone else telling you it's weird that you're like oh yeah maybe it is weird (laughs) um so i get this question a lot because i've been i've lived in many countries i don't know if you get this question you may do just because you have the two countries that you've lived between but what what was it slash is your favorite country hmm I do get which one do you like better. Okay, yeah, well, because you have the two, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is that there are differences between the two. I, I don't I don't think I actually ended up liking either country the better. I would have travelled about, you know, it's just like... No, I know what you mean. You, you, can't, you can't negate everything, because they're just different. There are aspects mm-hmm. that you like about one country and aspects you don't like about the other or whatever, but then it will be balanced out in different ways. And I've been to a few other countries as well as part of travel, and they're just things you pick up and you just kind of go, well, I like that about this country, I like that about this country. And then mm-hmm. there's something you can go, not so keen on that bit, but, you know. Yeah, I think it's it's hard It's hard when people ask questions that are, they're, they're, they're I'm looking for the word, and I can't think of what it is. They're fully opposite questions where it's like you like one or the other it's, it's binary yeah it's it's yeah. so binary and i think that with questions like this especially for me having been in so many like it, you can't answer it in a binary way like no. they all have their own thing that worked for them and didn't work for them like i loved living in guatemala it was beautiful mm-hmm. the people were so warm and they were friendly and they were so welcoming like if someone invited you into your home like you were going to get fed they were going to be so kind to you the music was lively and everything was just bright and colorful and it was i loved it there mm. but it was also kind of dangerous yeah. and you had to be careful you couldn't go out at night and walk around um especially as just a single woman who looked like a foreigner like you yeah. would have someone who would approach you with a knife or a gun and who would rob you like that was just it was something that was very much instilled in us very quickly when we lived there like you have to be careful there um i knew multiple friends of mine while living in guatemala who had their house broken into right it it was just normal it it was yeah. and we were considered to be in like a very safe area of the city um but then like living in japan i loved how much 
freedom I had. I was a teenager, I wanted to wander around and like go to all these new places and experience things for the first time. And I really could just kind of travel on my own. I would come home very late at night um, just because I did a lot of after school projects and I was yeah. in theater, so rehearsals and stuff. But I never felt unsafe walking around by myself. I never had to worry about my, my physical safety. Um, I could definitely tell that there was a lot of um, repression in the culture. Yeah. Uh, so being an outsider was a benefit while living in Japan, but there were certain things that like I could tell would have really bothered me um, if I lived there on a more permanent basis, but yeah. because I was there for a short amount of time, it was like, well, you know, eventually we'll leave and it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and then like, I loved France cause I, I knew how to speak. I like, I could easily communicate there. I, I'm half French. I able to travel there, no problems. Um, I definitely felt like I could connect a little bit more to my culture. Um, because, you know, growing up in all those countries, I, I learned French, but like really learning French culture, mm. you kind of have to live there. I yeah. love the food. Oh my <laughs> God. Americans don't understand how good fresh produce is. Right. <laughs> when I was when I was in college, I had my told my mom this, and she died laughing when I told her this. I was uh, finishing up my freshman year, and I was going to go back to France for the summer, and I was having dreams up till the week that I was leaving of fresh fruit. Like I was just <laughs> dreaming of fresh fruit and vegetables because I was missing it so much. Yeah. So when I got to France, my mom was like, hey, what's what's the first meal you want? I was like, I want a salad. I want a wonderful, fresh, beautiful salad <laughs> with all these vegetables in it. And she was like, yes, we can do that. <laughs> I love that. But I, with France, I didn't like how dirty it was. I know that's a stereotype, but it, it's kind of true. <laughs> it was kind of dirty. It wasn't always safe. Um, sometimes mm. people were a little brusque, but I mean, I also lived in New York and that's kind of the same thing. It's just yeah. very, very large cities kind of tend to attract that. Which part so, of France yeah. did you go to? That's a good question, actually. Um, I lived in Paris oh, um, right. for two years. Yeah, I lived in the city of Paris um, in the 16th arrondissement or the mm -hmm. 17th. I think it was the 17th because the second time my parents were in the 16th arrondissement. Um, but we did travel to like Saint-Malo and we went to um, Normandy, which is where mm -hmm. my dad's from. So we did travel to that area quite a bit. We, we still went outside of Paris while we lived there, but yeah, we lived in the city itself. Yeah. I mean, the big city thing does tend to make a bit of a difference, I suppose there is that. I mean, you notice, oh, yeah. you notice the differences between sort of like, because I'm living in York in the UK at the moment, but I spent two years in London definitely the attitudes are very different people in New York are very friendly it's a very safe city it's just about the most safe city in Britain I think or, or at least in England and I don't know if this is still true but basically it has it's got a reputation for being the bicycle theft capital of England <laughs> that's what you've got to worry about in New York my bike's been stolen <laughs> that's it that's what you've got to worry the about the weirdest fact <laughs> It, apparently it's true <laughs> and people keep repeating it so it's a bike capital of the UK and you're like okay that is so weird but if that's the worst that's going to happen to you I mean oh yeah oh that was another thing that like in Japan you could just leave your bike anywhere didn't have yes. to be locked no yes. one was going to touch your bike like theft of any kind any sort of like 
danger, like immediate physical bodily harm was such an anomaly in Japan. That was a big thing I had to learn when I was moving from Japan to France was like, that was the first time I got a cell phone was actually when I was in France because my parents were like, we know you're still going to do theater and do after school things, but we need to be able to communicate with you because we need to know you're going to get home safe. And like, that was wild to me because, and and up until then I had been in environments where, you know, we were still kind of protected, like in Japan, everyone's going to protect you when I was living in Guatemala like it wasn't safe but we were always in situations where there was adult supervision or Mm -hmm. we would be inside the house or there was always a way of like making sure we stayed safe Um, but then like moving to France where I was a teen like an adult almost an adult I think by the time I left I was legally an adult in France Mm -hmm. you know having to deal with you know being a young woman um definitely presenting as a woman in a country where you know catcalling is a thing um and they actively do it and it was just weird because no one would have done that in japan no no like it was unfathomable for that to happen and then being in france where it was like it was common Mm -hmm. it was just very weird and then coming back to the states was a huge culture shock yeah because all the kids who are my age like they had all these cultural references and they all knew these certain topics and things and I just didn't I had no idea and my first year definitely my first semester was kind of me kind of crumbling in and just trying to like figure out where I wanted to be and then this any year after that it was like oh I'm very comfortable with who I am now I just need to feel comfortable around other people <laughs> being myself like that yeah. that was kind of a weird transition it's funny because I just kind of think this there's I think for me certainly when I came to the UK in 2009 I think there was a bit of a reconstruction process you just sort of realized that you couldn't have you could be exceedingly polite like the Japanese were and you could mm-hmm. have the kind of like almost American outgoingness and people didn't like either. It was kind of strange that they, they, they found it all a bit too much uh, in some mm-hmm. ways. Or that, you know, this isn't how we do things here, or this isn't the way to do things. And you're kind of going, yeah, but, you know, it works for other people, so why can't it work here? You know, it's, it's, it's one of those funny things. And it's, um, it's strange. I mean, British people like to mm-hmm. see themselves as being really sort of out there and kind of. I don't know. Accepting. Accepting and also sort of like quite liberated and liberal in some ways. Mm-hmm. But then you also have the pushback against that. I mean, the, the, yeah. they, English people think that the French are absolutely mental because they kind of go, they do all this strange stuff, what are we going to do? It's a kind of like, it's cliche, but it's kind of true is that English people do, English people are frightened of the French, I think. <laughs> they, see them, they see them as too liberated. So, oh, it's too We're much. so liberated. Oh, can't but, have that kind of freedom. <laughs> but then they kind of, like, yeah. So we can't do that. It's not. It's not cricket. It's, you can't do it. <laughs> no. I love that saying. Cause it makes no sense to Americans. Americans are like, "What? The sport? It's, what are you not, talking it's about?" Not playing by the rules. Can't do that. <laughs> uh, you know. It, it's, I am curious about that saying. Is it because cricket has so many rules? Probably is. It's just it's the idea. Oh, okay. of, they talk about the idea of fair play and all the rules. And it is. It's, it's supposed to be a sport for gentlemen and all that sort of thing. So it's the idea is you're you're playing by the rules. You're doing everything 
in the right okay. way, you know. Got it. You're not got like it. running okay. up to somebody with a bat and hitting them with it. You know. I would love to see that. <laughs> I've seen somebody chasing someone with a cricket bat before. It's because it, that it's shit funny. hurts, right? I don't know. I've not been on the receiving end, but I assume it does. Because it's it's like a solid piece of wood, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, I would not want to be hit by a cricket bat. Honestly, I wouldn't want to be hit by a normal American baseball bat no. either, because that's pretty solid too. And it's like that shit would hurt. Yeah. That was that was also like just like sports in general in the states are like so passionate. Mm. People are so into it, and I was like, I have no context. Like, literally no clue about what you're talking about we kind of learned about it when we were in school but it was from a very like distant learning process where it was like okay now we're going to do baseball and it was like we don't know what we're doing but we'll follow the rules you tell us to follow i mean it's kind of the one funny thing is that one of the sports that you definitely see pretty much everybody will do is football slash soccer that's you know yeah pretty much everybody gets into that because it, it's straightforward and it's simple and, and it, it exists everywhere it's a ball and you play with your foot like yeah. it's literally the easiest anyone can play football anyone yeah. can play football soccer to my american listeners <laughs> but it's cause, yeah. it's football <laughs> yeah because I, mean, uh, I suppose in the states though because the country is so big you can you can have your own leagues and it doesn't really matter because state can play state Yeah. Oh, that was so weird to me when I came here and they were like, yeah, we're going to play the World Series. And I was like, oh, what other countries are playing? And it's like, it's just American American cities playing baseball. Like, so it's not a World Series. It's like, yeah, it is. We've always called it that. I'm like, okay, well, you're not playing the world. So why is it called the World Series? It's enough. It's enough. It counts. We are the world. (laughs) The thing is... (laughs) <laughs> so shocking as a statement. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's true in the states, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah. But the, the interesting thing about being in international schools is that you know you had a lot of people, like particularly from a somebody coming from a more British background, is you had a lot of people from what British people refer to as a Commonwealth, so essentially the ex-colonies. So people mm-hmm. from India, Australia, uh, Pakistan. And, Mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff and the thing is that you would have sports that were kind of common so people could talk about rugby they could talk mm-hmm. about cricket those are sports that people kind of knew and cricket tended to be one of the ones that you know was actually quite a good one is it's just kind of a positive thing about being going going abroad to other countries and living there is you realize that there are people even in japan this just seems really weird you, you have a bunch of people who turn up in japan and they go what sport do you like cricket excellent we're <laughs> going to be friends that's it it just sounds really strange, but it's true. That's one I of the think, things about I, it, which is nice. I think the thing that a lot of people, and I think that was something that was a, a frequently asked question for me would be like, was it difficult? Was it hard mm-hmm. living in other countries? Now I will say, I am a white woman, uh, an American white woman, and you're a white British man. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're gonna have very different experiences than other TCK people who, yeah are of the BIPOC community. Um, But I think for me, it wasn't hard because I knew I was going into it not always knowing everything. And that was kind of comforting to know that, you know, I was going to every time kind of be starting from scratch and figuring out my way around this new country and how do I communicate in a way that's clear for everyone? How do I 
represent myself in a way that is respectful of the country I'm going into without losing myself and my home identity. So I think that was really, um, it wasn't hard. It was more just knowing that I was going to have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, okay, well, you know, starting from scratch again, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. It kind of gives you this way of just being like very scrappy. Yeah. You can kind of root yourself and move on and people find that a bit strange. I mean, I found mm -hmm. it worse coming back to the UK than I did like, just lived in Japan, so that was the thing. But coming back to the UK, the thing is, is that because of my accent and because of what I look like, people just assume that you're going to get on and do things the way that they do them because you look mm -hmm. and sound like they do mm -hmm. in a certain sense like your, your style of dress is like oh yeah you're this kind of person you know you sound very british and then you start mm -hmm. moving around in the culture and the society people are going why are you doing that why are you doing that why are you doing that it's like, this is what i grew up with you, you you are sort of it's that sort of david bowie thing of the man who fell to earth isn't it it's just like a character who looks human and everything like that but isn't quite gonna fit in because they come mm -hmm. from somewhere else yeah, it, I, it's, it's definitely happened to me too. That's happened a lot where it's like, you look American, you sound American, you seem to be American, but then like once in a while, it almost feels like you're slipping up. Like yeah. you're, you've made the mistake and you've like shown them your true self. And then it's like, <laughs> oh fuck, like what do I do now? Like there's, there's definitely an element of like, oh, like I, I need to be careful of how I approach things or if I do it a certain way, they'll know. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with being an outsider, but, no. um, and I prefer being an outsider because it gives me a different perspective, but it, there's definitely an element of like, you're almost catching yourself. You're like, yeah. oh man, I like, I did something that an American wouldn't do or a French person wouldn't do. Um, and it, it's, it's almost, you feel sometimes, at least I do, I feel sometimes like people are waiting to catch you. Yeah. Yeah, I would doing something yeah. that's not of the norm or not what they expect you to do. Yeah. Um, I know some of my friends have done that. Some of my American friends have done that, where they'll be like, "Oh, that was very French of you," or "That was that was off." And yeah. It's like I know that. Um, you don't have to rub it in. Thanks for <laughs> I am <telling> aware. Me. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's always gonna be. I I know for me, I will always feel like an outsider, mm. no matter what, and no matter how long I live here, I know that I'm always gonna feel a little bit not part of the group because mm. I wasn't part of the group for so long. Yeah, and I honestly don't want to be part of the group. No, yeah, <laughs> not a hundred percent. It does. It does. It does have some limitations, but then it also has lots of positives because it does mean that you you know you can shift in society in a different way. You're kind of able to see things in a way of just going, well, I think it makes you a bit more of a, some people don't like the word, but I think it makes you more of an opportunist. You look at things and kind of go, it's like, okay, this is, these are the things I can see, these are the things I want to do. Because mm -hmm. you don't, you don't, it does shut some doors in a certain sense. It, you know, you're never going to feel like you totally belong. But at the same time, mm -hmm. that does it does give you the ability to kind of be sort of more nimble maybe than some other people, because you know you mm -hmm. you already don't fit. So if you choose to do something, you are doing it on your own terms in a certain sense. You know, you're not having to sort of like push against everybody because you're already outside it. Mm -hmm. you, you can, oh yeah, I totally you know, agree. It, it's it, it's a strange thing. It's like, 
you know, somebody goes, well, do you seem a bit odd? It's kind of like, well, yeah, because I didn't grow up here. That's why I seem odd. And people kind of have to go, yeah, okay. Not what yeah. you can say to that. So I was like, no, there isn't anything you can say to that. Nothing yeah. wrong with it. It's just, a, just you know, you're it on is, a slightly different... It is who you are. Yeah. You're just on a slightly different sort of footing than they are. Mm-hmm. I agree. Which is nice in some ways. Yeah. So with that fun note, <laughs> uh, we're going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, if you have questions for Passport Necessary, um, you can leave it in the comment section. Um, you can also reach out to me. I have a Twitter. My Twitter is Layla Jean, at Layla Jeanty, so L-E-Y-L-A-G-E-N-T-I-L, um, and you can send your questions there. Um, if we you know, get questions, we'll reply to them when we can. Um, we're also going to be doing topics as we move forward um, and hopefully some interviews from different be people because we want to get we want to get their different um, re like growing up stories because every TCK has a slightly different story and we want to hear about them. Um, so, yeah. Do you have anything else to add? <laughs> no, I don't have anything else to add at the moment. But, yeah, as I say, hopefully people will enjoy this and we'll be able to do as many of them as possible. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time. Woohoo!